Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 208. And in today's episode, along with sort of the theme that I've been doing uh, lately, would be on some questions or, or conversations that I've had with some people. And I'm going to combine a couple of them because it's sort of been the same topic. And it's, this is going to be a little bit of a training approach, not, you know, how to thing. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of how to, but, but one individual had asked me and, a, and apparently a number of websites as well, or things on the internet, had a, uh, had a little six month old dog and was doing a lot of things with it and just having a little difficulty, um, getting the dog not to pull on the leash. And he had asked a lot of people, I think, uh, and asked me, described in, in great detail what the dog was doing and that he couldn't, um, that the dog was pulling on the leash and he had tried all the things I had had, I think, on my videos. And that wasn't working. So he was looking for something else that would work or some maybe something he wasn't doing right. And I saw a lot of the uh, feedback that he'd gotten, which is, you know, the same feedback that's given on, on that thing for uh, all decades now. But people started talking about the tools he needed to use. And somebody said, I, I like the prong collar. And it, somebody had said it doesn't hurt. And they said, put it on your arm. It's like, well, no, put it on your thigh or put it on your neck. And then see if it, I mean, that doesn't hurt. Um, well, must have a different kind of prong collar now. But use a prong collar, and then there was the whole treat discussion. And then there was uh, different kinds of leash setups to use that can be more restrictive or more constrictive. And a lot of, a lot of the how-to discussion. And I didn't respond to any of that. And I think there was a couple comments made about me like, well, she's totally against treats. But I found that they're very useful, and I'm sure that's true. And and that uh, I'm, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that a lot. So maybe that's right. I, don't, I, I get that. And, and then I have another, I have a, somebody who brought their dog here. And goodness, you know, they use treats on their dogs and they know I don't. And so they were concerned about when their dog came here. That that would all be gone. And then they, he would lose his desire to be trained. And stuff and I walk away from all this and I'm going to be honest and frank including probably the person who wrote the question about pulling on the leash is going well I didn't think you'd just turn on me in a podcast and I'm not but I walked away from this shaking my head thinking that I will maybe never get some things across and I was wondering why and, and it's not like I'm right and everybody's wrong it's not that it's just that there's more than just what kind of leash you use and whether you use treats or not. I mean, that is the, as far as I'm concerned, the most trivial part of all of this is that. That's the not the most important thing whatsoever. So I want to just have a little bit of response to these people and uh, just a little bit of discussion on this. Again, food for thought for people. But when I'm hearing, when I listen and see what people write down and say and the kind of questions they have, and then, all, and then, of course, all the answers come up. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And I'm just, I'm watching all this stuff and, and looking at it. Not to see, I'm not looking at it to judge it or find fault with it or think, well, that's a person doesn't know anything. I'm just watching it to see what's happening. 
and what people are saying. And so what I've noticed is, or what, what seems like it is, is that how people um, are comfortable, how they sort of see uh, the whole world, and I've said this a lot, and how they see themselves and how they see how all this plays out is how they see it. And that's the foundation on which all of us act. We all do that. So on this one client that I had that they use treats and, and they... Um, uh, are very concerned that I don't approve of how they raise their dog, which I don't. But, it, you know, so I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting through to the dog and we're going to have the dog doing stuff. I don't know after it goes home, but, but they're very concerned about thinking th that I think that they were too lax and they were too, and, and I, I said, I don't know where you're getting that. I never said any of that. I just said, I think that what this dog needs is something a little different. And it, not everyone can figure that stuff out. I think that's why you're paying me is so that I can figure this stuff out for you. But, and I was trying to explain to them and I was saying, okay, because they gave their dog treats. That's, they said, the dog used to come back when we would throw stuff for it 500 times a day uh, because we would give him a treat when he came back. And so, and they goes, and I took me about four or five weeks to finally get this dog to, to, willfully and enjoyably retrieve whatever I was throwing um it took much longer they if I'd had a treat it would have been over well no <laughs> the problem would have still existed um we just wouldn't have seen it because I was I was doing that but I, I had just said so your kids they have teenagers I think and I saw so your kids so like every time they have an accomplishment and they make the team or they pass the class or they get you know whatever their accomplishments are do you just give them stuff? And the answer was yes. So there, there goes flies out of the the whole thing. I can't use any argument there. I can't say, well, see, then you don't do it with dogs either, because well, that, they do it with dogs and they do it with kids. So anytime you do a good thing, you get a reward. And I guess when you don't do a good thing or do a bad thing, they turn, they look away and don't. I, I guess that's that. So I I realize that I'm probably not going to make any any headway there at all uh, on what's actually best for the dog not just what is your philosophy of life and how do I do this with my dog so back to the dog pulling on the leash so if you if you just look at this problem six-month-old dog right so it's kind of a knuckle-headed puppy it knows some stuff there are six-month-old dogs that are really good at that though because of how the person has approached it and what they're doing but if you're killing any of the desire and the passion for work, then you don't want to do that. But if they do have a high desire and a high passion for what they're doing, then getting the good obedience is actually easier because you have a lot of leverage there because they will do anything to go beyond birds or to retrieve. So those dogs usually have better, are easier to get good obedience on because they're like, whatever it takes, just let me do this stuff. So... If you look at the the problem, and you know, it's not, it's just a symptom again, like many other things. It's a symptom of what exists in the relationship between you and your dog. It's just one of the symptoms you don't care for. There's other symptoms that you that won't bother you, and you'll let those go. But a dog that's pulling on a leash, the the, the symptom is the leash pulling when you want it not to. The problem is that this dog cares more about what it wants than what you want. That's what's happening. 
Okay, that's just the reality of what's happening there. And so if you use a treat or if you use pain-inducing methods, which are various kinds of collars, electric, constrictive, the um, prong collar, which yes, it does hurt. I know for a fact. Um, I trained my Doberman when I was at, uh, in junior high school and I had to use that because it's the only thing, you know, and I, so, and I did it. It hurts, it hurts. And the Doberman, when he had it on, listened really well. I don't do that now because I understand things a little bit better, but the problem is the dog cares more about what it wants to do <clears throat> than what you want to do. Now, that's the problem, and you're, you're going to have that in other places as well, as well. But walking on the leash, it is particularly annoying. So there's your problem. So you can have a variety of approaches, but if you just want to get rid of this one symptom, you're probably going to just keep trying and trying, and you're going to try the treats. And they'll work for a while, but even, you know, a highly motivated dog, treats are okay, but sometimes there's something more compelling than that. So it, it's, that's marginally effective, and of course only effective if you have the treat in your hand or pocket. And then you can use things that hurt, because it's like if you pull, there will be pain, and if you don't pull, there will not be pain. And that can be very effective, as long as you have that thing which brings about pain. And so... And I know the philosophy because I've asked, I just, I have asked so many people, tell me what, what you're doing and what you're thinking and why you're doing all that. Not to, just to find out and understand better because it's something I don't do. And what they hope is just finally out of habit and out of pattern, they get so used to not pulling that they'll stop pulling. And then when you put a regular leash on, it's all over. Eh. And you know, sometimes I'm sure there's dogs that that's worked with. Whole lots of them that go... Oh, look it, I don't have any pain anymore. Let's go. And then they start pulling again. Why? Because you didn't address what the fundamental problem was. And that is that the dog cares more about what it is um, it wants than what you want. And again, that problem is going to exist all over the place. And again, you may not notice it. It may be going through doors. It may be coming out of the crate. It may be setting the dinner bowl down, knocking it all over because they're in such a hurry to get it. There's a zillion, zillion ways. You, it makes a noise and you tell it to be quiet. And it waits four seconds and it makes noise again. Etc., etc. So when you have a symptom of something, again, before you hit the internet and ask everybody and their brother what thing you should do to fix this, it would be a lot easier if you sat back and said, all right, this is what the dog is doing. And you really break it down a little bit. And I know this is a thing that's hard to do until you've practiced it a little bit. Um, okay, the dog is doing this. I want it to walk with me and it's pulling on me when I don't want it to do. I want it to. Right? Again, if you, if you were looking at a, a child with a problem or a human with a problem or something, you know, you would sit there and go, all right, it's, it's screaming at mom every time she tells them to clean a room. But what's really, why screaming at mom over a trivial thing? This is a trivial thing. Why is there so much emotion? And you sort of break down a kid problem like that. And, you, and the dog thing is similar. They're not like kids, but they're similar in that, okay, the dog is exerting its will against mine. And that's what's, you can sort of break it down that way. And so 
Why is that? Well, for one, obviously the dog has been led to believe that this is an option or this is okay. Granted, when they're little puppies, you can't have a ton of discipline on them, but you can as much as they can understand if they are, if it looks like I need to kind of get the reins on this one a little bit earlier, you can begin to exert ways of changing their thinking a little bit where they're concerned about what you want a little bit more. And that's often done by uh, inserting some rules and things in appropriately at a time when the dog can understand it. And then doing it kind of slowly and just working it in when the dog doesn't really know what you're doing. Having a dog heal and sit with you when they're four months old because they can understand it is a great thing to do. Unless it detracts from some of the, the passion work. That's a great thing to do. You kind of start that early, then they never get to be six months old and decide to go do something like this. Another thing is, if you're wanting this uh, higher level of response and attention to you, in a place, say you're, say you're going out, you're walking to the upland field. Right? Again, that's the heroin field for most of these guys. That's the happy place. That's where they get to operate independently. They get to do a lot of the thinking just for themselves. They get to learn and figure stuff out. This is a wonderful place. So right before you go there on a young dog is probably not the place to counteract that emotion and that exuberance about what's about to happen. And if you think about that, this is, you know, that's just... If your kid's going to go because they're trying out for the varsity, you know, soft baseball team or something, but all the way you are drilling them on the math test that they failed, I don't know, around the way to trying out for something, I don't know, maybe wait till later. You know, let them build up the heart and soul for what it is they're going to go do, where they're going to go learn some stuff. Okay, these guys aren't dog bots. They can't, okay, I'll do this right now, and then I'll do this right now, and then I'll do this right now. You know, they... They're a one motion kind of thing. And so that's real difficult. So um, one is be, be aware of what it is. The, the, other thing, the other thing on this is if, if it's a symptom, then you, have, you can go after the symptom, but you'll either always be going after it or the issue will just like a sponge you squeeze because you don't want water on this one side, so you squeeze it, all the water goes to the other side and starts oozing out. So if you don't address the, the global problem here, and that is, what is this dog's relationship with you, then you wind up creating sometimes problems somewhere else. Um, problems somewhere else. I've noticed if I get too demanding on obedience on a six-month-old dog, if I get too demanding, you know, and then we're doing the hold the bumper and all that stuff. Then suddenly going and getting that bumper is this something the dog isn't going to do. Because they're like, you are so demanding on me over here that I don't even want to do this. Okay, that's normal. Thankfully, I know that. Some dogs, nothing in the world stops them from wanting to go retrieve bumpers, right? It's smack dab middle of force fetch or collar condition or anything. They do anything to retrieve. Again, those are the ones that are easiest ones to get good obedience on. So you've got to keep kind of a good balance here and make sure that, that it's appropriate what you're doing and that you're not going to cause a problem um, somewhere else with all that. Uh, finally, um, I, I guess one of the things that I'd really like to say, sorry about the pause on there, 
my soft computer software is changed on this, so I have to be careful. I'm going to lose my picture and stuff here. But anyway, here's the other thing that I want to say, and this is kind of the tough love from Julie. And all of my clients are like, oh, yeah, that we get it all the time. So it's, but when you are asking an animal to uh, do something that's somewhat unnatural, which a lot of the retriever stuff, not retrieving, not being predators, that's not unnatural. But what we're doing is taking that natural part of them and we are uh, putting unnatural things, you know, like hold, hold the bumper. Do everything and hold the bumper. Fetch the bumper off the ground right six inches in front of you if I tell you. All the stuff we do that's very unnatural. Or walk into somewhere really nice. It's so exciting. But to restrain yourself and walk next to the person, that's not natural. Um, not at all. That's just, that's like, oh crap, I got to do this like that. All right. So one is, is be aware you're asking this dog to kind of dig down and do something that doesn't really feel right. It doesn't really feel like something that all of its ancestors have done. I mean, it's just like, you want me to what? And so we're asking them to dig down and make some effort and find a way to understand what it is we're asking and find a way to carry it out. So as a dog trainer, we all need to do the very same thing with our animals. That's what kind of gets me when people ask for, what's the trick for this? You know, what's that trick? And then somebody brings their little bacon bits or somebody brings their prong collar or their whatever, you know, it's like, or the hitch, half hitch thing where it goes between their legs and I, all the kind of gizmos and stuff. Okay, this will make it easy for me. Okay, forgive me, everybody, but I liken that to somebody that says, you know, I need to new, lose some weight. I need to be a little healthier. I don't, you know, I got to go do the triple crown and walk the up and field for three days. I need to get a little more in shape. I gotta lose some weight. And somebody says, I have a pill. If you just take this pill every day, it, you'll melt it off. <laughs> There's a lot of that advertising out there. You'll melt it off. Well, who, who doesn't want that? I mean, that would be great. I just take this pill. I can lose 15 pounds. This is going to be great. Except it really doesn't work, does it? At least if, if there's anything that does, there's some nasty stuff going on <laughs> with you if it's doing that. How, do you, how does anybody lose weight? You eat fewer calories than you burn. And then you kind of try to burn more calories than normal exercise or whatever, more activity, so that you can get the weight off of off of yourself in a natural and healthy way right then the end that's the only thing that works without some kind of bariatric surgery or whatever but the the pill but everybody would love the pill right oh, i can just take a pill then i can have hamburger and french fries every night and i can sit in front of the tv all evening and it'll be okay but that is not how that works and i'm gonna say in dog training there are no tricks treats get a dog to do things for you that it's willing to do that food is worth food is worth this food is not going to stop a dog from chasing a pheasant across a road with a cement truck coming down it not going to happen All right there's no treat there's no prong collar there's nothing sometimes even electric collars if they aren't taught right won't even stop that the only way that that works is when we dig down establish a good relationship and an understanding with that animal and get them to do stuff not because we're doing what we read off of something on the internet but because we sat there and did a bunch of stuff and figured it out worked it out yeah that's not fun that's not that taking a pill and then sitting on the couch all night and losing weight that's not what that is 
And I realize that for what I'm saying to a lot of people is like, well, the nerve of her. What's that? Yeah, yeah, the nerve of me. But, but I'm gonna say, if there was a easy trick way to do it, I would be doing it for the last 25 years. Instead, what I have found in effectively training dogs is that I have to dig down. I some dogs I've done some recently that I've never had before, and it's like I don't even know what to do with this dog. I, and I can't, I'm not going to go on the internet and say, hey, I have a dog and it's doing this and this and this. What do you guys think I should do? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to figure it out. And I don't know what to do. But I do know that if I stay at it and I watch what the dog is thinking and I keep seeing what's going on between us and identifying that as the problem, not the specific single behavior that I don't get, then eventually I'm going to work this out. And it isn't because of some cool thing I bought or some little trick that somebody told me. It's because I did exactly what I want that dog to do. I'm sitting there trying to dig out how to, how to figure this out and what to do and paying total attention to them, making sure I'm doing this work in the right place, not somewhere where it's out of context for them and it's going to be even harder to understand. I'm going to teach the most fundamental things or at least try the most fundamental things at first. So with all those little problems that everybody has, they have another problem and it's something that they cause themselves because the dog thinks it's okay to do whatever it's doing. So that's the first problem is you got to find out what have I done that has made this occur? And second, how can I go back and start over a little bit and create something differently? Not how, what trick can I use? Um, I, I just, I find, I'm sorry, I find treats highly insulting to an animal. You know, food is is fuel and nutrition. I mean, we all love, everybody loves good food, right? But in the end, you won't be having to take that pill every day if it's for fuel and nutrition. And for a dog, that's the same food should be. They enjoy it tremendously. Heaven knows. Y'all put the bowl down in the evening. You know what that's like for most of these dogs. But it still should be fuel and nutrition. And the heart of what you guys doing should be because of the relationship between the two of you. And that's something, ladies and gentlemen, you have to work really hard for. And sometimes you can't figure it out very well. And sometimes you got to go back and try different things. And sometimes you got to think about it in a way that you haven't thought about it before. Or don't have someone else think about it for you. You know, just, just pretend I used to do this way back when I was trying to figure out stuff. You know, in the earlier days when I go, all right, if this was life and death, if I had it, and I always, in, in dogs difficult to force fetch is where I did it. If I had to get this dog fetching the bumper up off the ground or else my entire family would be thrown off the cliff, could I find a way to do that? And then I usually could. You know, I, that's the kind of mental gymnastics I would go through. But it's like, I'm not going to go call somebody. I'm going to go, he's doing this. What should I do? Because I wanted to really understand and really do it. So that's going to be my response to the, what are you doing? My dog's six months old and pulling ahead. Um, I'd figured out. I'd identify it for what it really was. Cares more about what he thinks than what you think. That's one of the things you need to change. Um, by showing him, no, you really do need to be concerned with me. And it's not because they're immune to pressure, because it's just they're immune to pressure that makes no sense to them. So <laughs> there's no dog that's immune to pressure, unless we make them that way. But by using pressure and, 
and they still do what they're doing and so we're going oh look at him. he's stubborn <laughs> now he's just reflecting that's that's all they're doing and as tough as i'm being on all the people that i'm talking about and have asked these questions i'm that way on myself every day i guarantee you when i go out there and things aren't going right i don't sit there and go that stupid dog um, I, I would like to but actually what i do is go what am I doing that makes this dog think this is okay or that this is an option? I do that every day. And that's why I don't rely on any crutches or tricks on that. I rely on digging down and me doing what it is I'm asking the dog to do. Step out of your comfort zone and figure stuff out. All right, that's been long enough. That's today's. Um, I hope it makes sense to some of you. It's not fun. You know, it's not like giving your kid a new car because he got a scholarship. You know, it's not like that. It's just, <clears throat> it's just the fairest thing to these animals. So that's today's. I wish everybody the best. And uh, I will be back soon.